0: Welcome to the Things Above podcast. I'm James Brian Smith. You're listening to episode 27. If you missed the pilot episode or this is your first time listening, This is a podcast for what I call Mind Discipleship. It's a podcast for those who want to set their minds on things above. That's where the name of the podcast comes from, Colossians 3, 1 and 2. Set your mind and your heart on things above. Proverbs 23, 7 states it clearly, For as he thinks in his heart, so he is. And that's why we need a steady intake of thoughts from above. If we want to live an above kind of life, we need to fill our minds with thoughts from above. Today's thought from above is this. Shame is self-betrayal. Now, I've talked about shame before, back in episode 18, but I want to take a little different angle on it because it's such a pervasive and persistent problem for so many. So let me begin with the question, what is shame? Shame is feeling bad about who we are. Guilt, in contrast, is feeling bad about what we've done. Now, guilt can be a good and healthy thing, When we've done something that's truly wrong or bad or sinful, we ought to feel guilty about it. For example, if I tell a clearly intentional lie to someone, I should feel guilty about it. And if for some reason I don't feel any guilt, well, something's wrong. Guilt can be helpful because what it does is is it allows us to make amends or to change our behavior. That's why we have the human capacity called guilt, I believe. It can be good. Now, I do need to say... One little thing about that. Sometimes guilt can be unhealthy. I'm thinking here of someone whose actions were in no way intentional, but caused or at least allowed for something bad. For example, let's say a parent bought their 16 year old a car and that child was then badly injured in an accident in that car. In this case, many parents would feel some guilt. Wow, well, you know, if I hadn't bought that car, the accident wouldn't have happened. It's all my fault. And that's an example of bad guilt because the parent in no way intended for. The accident. Buying the car may have and likely was a loving act. So that would be bad guilt. Another kind of bad guilt would be if you've actually made amends and you've tried to change and you're still feeling bad for that thing that you've done. So it can be good. It can be bad. But let's go back to shame. Shame is always bad. Because what shame is, it's it's feeling bad for who we are. And trust me, there is a lot of shame going on in this world. Certainly true for many Christians. There's a a way of sharing the gospel, for example, that's actually based on shame. It's what I call a shame based, fear driven gospel. It goes something like this You're a terrible sinner. You deserve to burn in hell. By the way, God would be just in sending you there. But the good news is Jesus took your place. And if you accept him as Lord and Savior, you can go to heaven when you die. Now, that's a very common way of framing the gospel. And it's Understood by most people. In fact, I uh, recently had a class of undergraduate students, about a hundred students in this class, and I shared that version of the gospel. And I asked them, you know, how many of you uh, have heard that gospel or you you relate to it? You heard some version of it, and nearly every hand out of these hundred students went up. So I know it's it's very pervasive. It's it's all around. Um, And I could spend a lot of time just deconstructing that version of the gospel. I could show that it's not based on Jesus' gospel or the Apostles' Gospel in the book of Acts, or Paul's Gospel, or the message of the early church, or even the Gospel of Calvin, Luther, and Wesley, but I'm not going to do that. <laughs> or Maybe I just did. But I could spend a lot of time showing that this version of the gospel is a reduction, and thus a distortion, of the true message of Jesus. I could also explain how it leaves out the people of Israel, leaves out the Holy Spirit, leaves out the church, leaves out discipleship, but again, I'm not going to do that, even though I just probably did. No, what I want to do is I'm going to focus on that opening clause of that version of the gospel, those four words, you are a sinner. Those are four powerful words, so I want to break that down. The first two words are you are. Those two words are defining words. This is what you are. Not this is what you do, or this is something you have done, or even this is something you often do, or even Pretty much always do. In an earlier episode, I mentioned that one of our listeners, Tim Glatch, pointed out that in most episodes, I use the word unpack. So if Tim were to say to me, Jim, you use the word unpack a lot, I've noticed, I would respond by saying, Hmm, well, Tim, yeah, you're, I guess I do do that. But if Tim were to say, Jim, you're a really nice guy, or Jim, you're a really mean person, he'd be talking about who I am, not what I do. So by beginning with those two words, you and are, We are trying to define someone. And in this case, that that definition is, you are, finish it, a sinner. And that will naturally lead to shame. It is saying, at the very essence, at the very core of who you are, something is very, very wrong. Something is very, very bad. And that, I believe, is an act of betrayal, which is why our thought from above today is, shame is an act of self-betrayal. Why is that? Well, first of all, because we're actually made in God's image. The first thing we learn about humans in Genesis 1.26 is that we are made in the image of God, according to God's likeness. So we are first and foremost God's workmanship. We are God's beloved. We are fearfully and wonderfully made, intricately designed, perfectly formed, and marvelously shaped so that's the first word about us. Sin is not the first word about us. The first word about us is we are the beloved. As I said in episode twenty-six, God's love is greater than our sin because God's love isn't based on that. And here I'm saying that the most fundamental thing about our nature is not sin; it is goodness, it is beauty, and it is truth. One of my students in our master's program, Betsy McPig, wrote these words in one of her papers, and it just sort of jumped off the page. She wrote. Distorted theology leads to the formation of shame. Many of us have been taught that God is disappointed with us. In fact, I recently read a survey that said that most Christians feel like God is disappointed in them. Many of us have been led to believe that God looks at us with disgust. I believe God looks on us with eyes of love every time and always. That's why I'm saying that shame is a betrayal of our original and irrevocable belovedness. It's a disgrace to the heart of God. I believe it breaks the heart of God. But let me be clear, I'm aware of our sinfulness. We are people who sin. We are people who need forgiveness. But note the difference. We are people who sin. Now, if a person does something repeatedly, then we can and must say that they are sinners. If I'm a person who tells lies, then I have to say, well, yeah, I guess I am a liar, no matter how hard that is to admit. And I know that I sin. I'm all too familiar with this reality. So I can and must say, yes, I am a sinner. But that's a corollary. That is secondary to who I am. First and foremost, I am the beloved. Secondarily, I am a sinner. David Benner put it perfectly when he said we are, quote, Beloved sinners. I like that. Beloved sinners. Putting the accents on the beloved. Now, I've come to live by this truth. I am, first and foremost, God's beloved. That's how I self define. That's what prevents me from shame. But I also know that I'm a sinner because I sin. And for my sin, I feel guilt. And I embrace God's forgiveness for my sin. And I'm grateful that my relationship with God is no longer on the basis of my sin. Thank you, Jesus. God cares about my sin because he cares about me. So we, notice the we, not I, we, God and I are working on my sin. I examine myself daily. I invite God to do it with me. And I can tell you that's important because I can fall into denial or amnesia on my own. But as I, and with the Holy Spirit, go through a day And I call to mind some sin I committed. Maybe it was a lie. Maybe it was a time I was impatient. Maybe it was when I judged another person. We, the Spirit and I, talk about it. You see, what God cares about is not so much that I sinned, but why I sinned. And that's why the work of formation is difficult. But I will not let shame have its way in my soul. I know who I am, the beloved. I know who you are, the beloved. I implore you, don't betray yourself and let shame destroy you. That's all shame does. It doesn't heal. It doesn't improve us. It only destroys, and it's based on a lie. You are an irreplaceable gift. You are God's beloved. And as I said in the previous episode, even on your worst day. I hope you join me next week for episode 28. Until then, you can find me on Twitter and Facebook at James Brian Smith. And you can learn more about this podcast at ApprenticeInstitute.org. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with a friend. And you can also subscribe, which means you'll get them automatically each week. My hope, as always, is that one day if you're asked, what's on your mind, your answer will be, things above.